Welcome to Suplex Mania here live at the original Hooters across the street from Madison Square, Do Square Garden. Excuse me. Jeremy Donovan here from Social Suplex and Keeping It Strong Style. I am joined with, as usual, the young boy Josh Smith. But that is not all. We also have the guys from Grown Men Watch This Shit, Chris Bryan and Jeremy Tate. And of course, this not wouldn't be Social Suplex without the flagship of our network, One Nation Radio, Rich Latta, and James Boyd. And like I said, we are at the Hooters across from Madison Square Garden, and we're getting ready to uh, recap. Uh, yes, get, get T-shirts. You can see Rich wearing One Nation Radio. Josh and I are wearing our Keeping It Strong style shirts. You can get those at Pro Wrestling Tees dot com slash social suplex so let's get the thing kicked off guys so we've seen a lot of wrestling this weekend a lot of shows and we saw a lot of great independent wrestling and of course we have our indie experts here grown men watch this shit so i'm going to start off with those guys man so guys man what was the the best indie show you guys were at this weekend yo man that's so hard i mean I appreciate that, that this is us. You know, this is kind of our wheelhouse. This, this, this is what we do. This is what we do. Um, but man, like the whole experience, like we've seen so many shows. We've seen like what, nine shows? Great total, I believe nine shows, yeah. Nine uh, shows. There's a lot. And eclectic stuff. Mix of technical wrestling, comedy. Hell, I even took my girlfriend to her first death match, and I think our relationship is stronger than ever. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, in, in terms of the, the best, like, that's hard. Uh, I have my own opinion. I'm going to go, my, my personal favorite was the Rev Pro Show. Uh, good mixture of Japanese talent, fun American talent, and popular needs guys. Uh, all, just all around a great event. Chris? A lot of good variety. A lot of good variety. So, for me, it's about the fun when it comes to the, the indie shows, right? Um, and, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more fun than Joey Janela. Oh man, outrageous! <laughs> like, that was some crazy shit, and like the whole collective's presentation was was quite incredible. Um, I mean, we started with Bloodsport, and to me, that was real. I mean, I can talk with Josh over here. Uh, that's that's our wheelhouse, right? Like shoot star wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I think that's what we bonded over the first time we met last year was you know just our love for shoot style, UWFI rings, you know, all of it. Um, so yeah, that show was incredible though this weekend. Uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. No, we plan to go together. Yeah. So we we that. Uh, the show was great though like I um I was just like blown away like last year's show was really good but this one was I think it topped it in almost every yeah, way last year's show was fresh last year's show it was excellent because it was such a change of pace from all the rest of those shows uh, you know I think I, I've seen like a, a thousand and one suicide dives <laughs> on the evening uh, of the rest of the shows but uh, Blood Sport was just so fresh and then this year it, it just topped it it brought it to the next level um, in terms of like 
like just every match was better than the prior match, and we, we saw so much crazy shit. I mean, Takeda, a deathmatch guy, yeah. just bringing it in one of the best matches I saw this whole weekend against uh, Jonathan Gresham. They, what, that was like an eight minute match, seven minute match? It went like it seven or eight minutes, and it, it really, that match blew me away. Like, I yeah. didn't expect, I didn't know what to expect from that, and I. I think there's an argument you can make that that was match of the night and maybe even yeah. one of the top matches the whole entire weekend. Oh, yeah, see, guys, we're, we're getting our hot wings here. Great service from Sydney. <laughs> and who do we have here? We've got, well, we got a, a nice picture of Bear. Yes, the original Hooters right here across from Madison Square Garden. We're getting, you know, the best service, guys. This is, you know, great stuff. This is next level. I've, I've never recorded a podcast where I've been brought a picture of beer and hot wings. This is delightful. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Yeah, uh, that main event on the Bloodsport show, I really wanted to put it over. Uh, that was some special shit. Minoru Suzuki and Josh Barnett. Uh, it was like just a dream match of dream matches. It's like Kyle Gotch versus Billy Robinson. And, and I, that's my shit. That's my shit. <laughs> it was amazing. They went to a draw. They went to a draw, and then they did the overtime, and everyone was so intense, so up for it. So you, were you upset about the draw? I, I, if anything, I thought they should have kept it just at the draw, because it, it finished so hot on the actual draw itself, and everyone just gave it a standing ovation. Uh, whereas when they went into the overtime, it almost like when the overtime finished, it got booze. So I think they probably should have finished it at the actual draw itself. But, I mean, I'm not going to complain about that match, because, like, Josh Barnett... Lenora Suzuki, damn. I was, I was very jealous. I, I waited to get those tickets and kicked myself the whole weekend. <laughs> but, again, back to Rev Pro. I really want to put over uh, the Young Lions who were in the opening match with CCK. Yeah. So the, uh, the Young uh, Lions from the, the dojo, yeah, the, the yeah. L.A. dojo? Yeah, Clark Connors, uh, he's a local guy, and uh, he used to work for Defy and made his move down to the L.A. dojo, and him and Carl Fredericks are doing great. Some amazing next-level selling by Clark Connors on his knee, and just, honestly, the whole match, I... You know, the long lines, they strip them everything. They just they go out there in black trunks and, you know, just do their thing. And I think these guys really got over well. Uh, and I, a fantastic match. And then I really loved David Starr and Ishii. Cause oh, yeah. I, David Starr is my dude, and Ishii is my favorite Japanese wrestler. So when I saw this shit, it's the perfect cocky heel versus the toughest motherfucker in the business. So it, it was beautiful. I really love that shit. Really Josh, you were, at, you were at Rev Pro. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, the Repro show was excellent top to bottom. Every year that show just uh, seems to deliver in a way that a lot of the other similar shows maybe don't. Um, yeah, exactly what they touched upon. Uh, you know, the Young Lions match was excellent. Uh, I was really impressed that they, they went with a non-traditional match structure. Uh, and it wasn't just Young Lions kind of getting, getting jobbed out, but they were truly like, they had a great match. Uh, but... For me, the match of the night had to be Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. against Tanahashi and Osprey. And actually, Will's here. Yeah, yeah, we have Will uh, Osprey here. He's here with at, the party. At the Suplex Mania. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that match was. <laughs> but that match was just incredible. I mean, obviously, awesome you guys probably loved it too. 
I mean, it was like, it was positioned in like the main event of the first half of the show, right? So it, it really should have been the main event. I don't know if they had shit to get to afterwards. I believe that was the case. I think there was something that, I heard something coming up where Osprey and uh, Tanahashi were, they needed to get out of there. Apparently. Yeah, but I mean, it was fantastic where it was. It was the, definitely the, the best match of the night, I think. But yeah, props to the Young Lions. Because they've gotten so much better. I watched them on the, the Texas tour that ROH did earlier in the year. And they've gotten so much better since then. So I have high hopes for these these American Young Lions. Truly, Survivors like, fighting majors. spirit. Like, that's, true fighting spirit during the match. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, speaking of Osprey, he was in the main event of the WrestleCon Super Show. So I want to jump on that real quick. Uh, One Nation Radio guys, uh, we were all there at um, WrestleCon Super Show. So what do you guys think about the main event, Osprey and Bandito? Uh, I think Osprey and Bandito were, it was just athletic excellence. Um, I marveled at how fast-paced it started. Um, it, like, it, they came off the block pretty much. You remember the Will Osprey and Marty Skrull match from the L.A. show where, where he blitzed them, and it was like the first 30 seconds Osprey and Bandito was on. What would you think of that match, James? Yeah, I thought it was an excellent contest. It was um, an interesting match because, um, you know, there's a lot of different stuff. There's Liger there with X-Pac and, uh, and, and Shane Helms and uh, Hurricane. And there's other stuff uh, on the card. But then, like, you get to that main event. And, like, you know, I kind of got closer than I was um, before. Like, just standing and watching. It's like, it's interesting to see, like, Osprey. And it's one thing when you hear the thuds. And you, it's one thing when you hear the slaps and chops and, and whatever else. And clubbing each other. But, sorry about that. But it's another thing to actually like be there up, you know, within like the first, you know, twenty feet of it, and you can hear how it sounds off. Like it's almost like um, talk about hearing about like scouts who just talk about like uh, baseball, about like uh, they only hear like 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 the bounce off the bat, uh, the baseball bounce off the bat, like you know, like. There was, there was uh, Josh Gibson, Babe Ruth, and Bo Jackson. Like, yes, the only yes. Ever hit that hard. And, yes. Like, to hear Osprey and Ben, ben you know, he just was like, yo, like these dudes are killing each other um, to get this match over, and they did a great job. Um, and I, I love um, when they see the finish sequence of the match. Um, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it started off, started off so hot, and you know, like Spanish fly off the bat. Um, it was great stuff. Um, just an epic, epic, you know, main event, a great way to kind of kick off the weekend. Also on that show, we had um, Dragon Lee versus Barbario Cavanario. That and, uh, was, like, insane. And Youngboy, um, that's that's your that's your guy, Barbario. Uh, tell, tell the people about how great Barbario was that night, man. Yeah, so Cavanario's my favorite luchador. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Cavanario is... Um, like I was saying, he's my favorite uh, luchador, and so it was just so exciting to be able to see him. He showed up for one match just that one night. Most of the crowd didn't know him, but I think by the time he was done, he left like a serious impression in the you know in the minds of the people that were watching. Um, I think a lot of people necess weren't necessarily as familiar with some of the things he was doing, even when he did the the big dive to the outside. I did kind of feel like people didn't know how to react to that sort of thing. But um, that match was great. Him and Dragon Lee, they just went in there. They tore down. Yeah, he did man. something I had never seen before where he ran across the apron and dove out the middle of the other side of the ring. Yeah. Off the apron. Like, it was so innovative. Yeah, I, I just don't know how long uh, Barbario Cavanario's knees are going to last with the way he does that, that diving splash to the outside every match. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, 
guy doesn't care about his knees. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, that, that entire WrestleCon Super Show card was just excellent. I don't know if you guys can hear in our voices. Like, I'm, I, like, I'm even right now just, like, still feeling it. I'm like, wow, like, show after show after show. And, like, you got to imagine these wrestlers who are doing the same thing. You know, they're not just viewing and watching this stuff, but, like, actually working, like, God, yeah, we, I don't had, even we, had, know. we had a lot of surprises on the WrestleCon show. We had um, X-Pac, uh, Tajiri, uh, Hurricane Helms. Um, oh, my mind when X-Pac came out. Yes, dude, big pop for, you know, one, two, three, kid. Um, it's great stuff. Um, so let's Hurricane get... Helms was, was out there saying, y'all know who I work for, and you already know what it is, what I had to, you know, I had to beg to be here for Liger and Liger was just one of the most over guys every every place he went. Yeah. It's great. I got interviewed by Liger at the New Japan Matsuri that we went to on Thursday. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's kick it back over to the uh, grown men guys back in this. Um, is there any other um, indie stuff you guys want to hit on? You guys went to MLW, right? Uh, yeah, MLW was real fun like like a family friendly environment. Like they made sure to come out and let us know no swearing, no middle fingers, which I can respect. They're gonna try to be a TV product and they're doing good. Um, what do you think of the show all the way around, Chris? Oh, you're eating chicken. I apologize. I want to make sure I talk while I'm eating buffalo. <laughs> this is the professionalism that we bring to this show. Skills. Yeah. Um, so the MLW show. I mean, this may be a little bit of a controversial thing because I love MLW. I love Cole Bella, I love the whole network, everything. It was a bit of a disappointment, I guess, like in, in overall compared to what I was expecting. Yeah, there's a few matches on the card you would expect to maybe get a little bit more violent that were kind of a little bit uh, clean and uh, stagnant as far as that is concerned. I, I, I wanted more action with La Parca. Uh, yeah, I built that motherfucker up. So, I built were, that up. Were like, you guys at the TV taping or the Battle Riot? It was at the TV, TV taping. TV, okay. Who did who did the L.A. Park face the, the tapings? Uh, Yo, yeah, Pentagon Jr. Pentagon Jr. L.A. Park. I've seen those guys, like, just murder one another and these wild brawls. It was pretty wild, but it was not as wild as I was expecting. I don't know. And then uh, Jimmy Havoc's matches, they kind of had to end it early because he got... Uh, he had an actual previous injury that he got reopened, so that kind of was a little bit of a damper on the evening as well. And Jimmy's also in attendance. Hi, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Jacobs here, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was funny as well, because we came straight there from Bloodsport, right? And I yeah. want to make sure I touch on this, like, just this experience that we all, you know, <laughs> did these last couple of days. Like, you go from New Jersey, uh, New Jersey City, for Bloodsport, and then you get on a, a subway, uh, no, we do we go to a subway? One subway and then another subway. Right, so we change we change once you go through the New Jersey one and you get to the, the one we got here. And then you get to Queens and then we, we I ran. I had to run from this, this subway to get to MLW. I didn't want to miss out on shit. I was I was stressing. And then we get there and then uh, we're at MLW and then you get that kinda of, that tiredness. The tiredness is gonna set in during yeah. these like manic things. Uh, again, like there was some fun stuff, some disappointing stuff, but overall fun overall. And then we had to go back to Jersey City after that uh, for AIW, right? Yeah. yeah, and then as soon as we walk into AIW, it's the Hornswoggle and Scott Steiner spectacle. Uh, walked in as uh, Hornswoggle got a belly to belly, and then he popped up <laughs> and threw double middle fingers right into Steiner's face. Honestly, I was so impressed by Hornswoggle this weekend. So great, so great. Hornswoggle was awesome in the clusterfuck as well. He got, he took the uh, tattoo needles from G Raver into his forehead. Oh shit! <laughs> and 
He just stood there, flipped the guy off, pulled him out. One of them stuck still, so we had to go back in there, grab it again, and then stab it. Dude, Hornswoggle is a tough little bastard. That was amazing. <laughs> it was great with Steiner as well, because this was like the closest to that early 90s Steiner. That hey, just, man, fuck you, fat boy. Yeah, <laughs> motherfuckers around. Like, he still had the speed. I mean, when you're throwing around a little person, I guess it's a little bit easier, but still, it was impressive as shit. I loved it. Yeah, you did a really awesome clothesline. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, Hornswoggle was so close to the ground, he just like snaps and hits the mat immediately. It's fucking great. Uh, so good. MLW, I gotta go back there real quick. Yeah. They put over Contra huge. Those guys. Yeah, the Contra group. Uh, Jacob Fat too. Um, who else is in that group? Uh, Samael. Samael. That's a superstar. So, yeah. yeah. Huge group. Awesome. They played their theme song for like literally seven minutes straight. At one point, I was like, I'm, I'm done with this. But yeah, they're they're tremendous. They actually just won the uh, Defied Tag Titles down at Wrestle Summit too. So I'm looking forward to seeing them come up to Seattle. That's awesome. Yeah, man. I wanted to make special mention of this AIW show because this was the one we got there a little bit late. I uh, mentioned it previously on the show. We were we were promised first hour this show starts because it got moved earlier to 11 11 p.m. And the show in MLW didn't finish till 11 p.m. Uh, we were promised nothing in terms of like big time internationals would happen in that first hour. I got lied to. <laughs> I missed out on Otani versus Eddie Kingston. That was a oh, dream man. match for me. Uh, who met Otani? Hey, who met, who met Otani this weekend? Otani? You met Otani? Uh, yes, that's sir. That was me. <laughs> that's and, awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah, dude, fucking hey, uh, the weekend was great. I am definitely exhausted uh yeah, probably bro, planning so, not to come so next tired. year but i probably will end up next year because that's <laughs> well, that. Mance Warner. Mance Warner was yeah daddy yeah Mance Warner, Mance Warner, baby. Warner baby get knee pad up knee pad down <laughs> wide envelopes daddy <laughs> all right guys um i want to throw it back over to uh let's get the one nation radio guys back on here so uh, all three of us guys we were saw some women's wrestling on Friday. We were at Shimmer, yep. and also we were at Stardom. So let's uh, start off with Sh uh, Shimmer, the first show we were at. Uh, what did you guys think about this year's Shimmer show? Shimmer was incredible. Literally from the start, uh, Hiroya Matsumoto and Nicole Savoy put on a thrilling championship opener, which is like something you don't really see. I yeah. don't know why they did it. Maybe they had to get to another show. Um, or something like that. It looks like Sarah Logan just won. Actually, no. Carmella Here comes hit. Carmella. And she, that's a great way for a baby. Never mind. <laughs> um, back to women's wrestling, it actually matters. Uh, Britt Baker and Tessa Blanchard. Yes. Four-star match. Yes, dude, that um, match was incredible. Um, dude, Tessa Blanchard, she's a star. Um, dude, there was a scary spot towards the end of that match where um, they did the... Um, Tessa does the senton onto uh, Britt Baker, and man, we thought she was, you know, yeah, out. Her chest was like folded in like origami. Yeah, and we, we actually ran to Britt Baker later that night at a takeover, yep. and she said that they almost had to call the match because of that spot. Yeah, I don't know if she is working us, but uh, I'll take her at her word at it. Uh, who, who else uh, was on the, uh, like, you talk about Chris Wolf yeah, a lot? Yeah, Chris Wolf was in the, was in the um, Woman Elimination match. Yeah, Chris was, Chris was in the eight-woman elimination match. Uh, I mean, it was pretty much she was a, the spotlight of the, sh of the match. Um, most of it rolled around her and her comedy. Um, and it, it was cool. Also, and, um, it was cool, nice run around where, like, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, a cool uh, 
match where it was showcased around her and like, her comedic sensibilities and the fact that she like she was you know it's not a DQ because you ain't got no crown jewels down there apparently so she'll go ahead and make use of that. Yeah. Um, and then it made a it made a um, it was a lot of work around. I guess uh, they stole her wolf head, so like she was she was trying to get that back as well. So that was, that was awesome to um, see how much the crowd like enjoyed her and um, they were appreciation for her like wrapping things up. I didn't see a lot of WWN shows. I didn't have a chance to get to a lot of them. That was the only one, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was a great representation of WWN and showing that they have they have women's wrestlers they can bring in from everywhere that, that can really work and go and put on entertaining matches for the fans. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, make note of a, um, the, the, the main event, Dust uh, versus uh, Samantha. I can't remember her last name. Samantha Heights, I think? Samantha Heights. Samantha Heights, yes. That was a, that was a very good match. Um, honestly, um, you know, we watched a bunch of stardom. We watched a bunch of shimmer. Um, and, you know, uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, we watched a lot of shine, a bunch of shimmer. I think this is the best uh, shimmer shine show I've ever been to. Um, there was also a... Um, a a fatal four-way tag match involved that had uh, Chauncey Blackheart in it, and she was great in it. Chauncey Blackheart was yeah. a superstar in that yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. 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 also, that, 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 that we got to talk about uh, Leva Bates coming out dressed up as Britney Spears. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. She yes. came in dressed up as Britney Spears from Oops, I Did It Again, I believe, and she did the whole dance routine with it. It was um, it was hilarious. Uh, you know, at one point, the ring announcer says, and from the 90s, apparently, is Leva Bates, and then she grabs her house mic and goes, it's Britney, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, there was, it was, a, there was a really good tag match, too, yeah. with um, Mercedes Martinez. Yes, Mercedes and, um, Martinez and cheerleader, cheerleader Melissa, Melissa defending the belt against Twisted Sisters. You know, yeah. I've been very critical about Twisted Sisters anytime I see them, not, you know, hadn't been a big fan of their work. Uh, but this is the best uh, Twisted Sisters I've seen. Uh, so everyone came to, came to wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Yeah, yes. and, um, you know, yes. it, it seemed like Twisted Sisters were the heels at the beginning, and Mercedes and um, cheerleader Melissa were the baby faces. But they kind of did a double turn in the middle of the match there, and you know, uh, Twisted Sisters got were getting cheered and became the baby faces, and uh, you know, Mercedes and cheerleader Melissa were doing a lot of cheating and heel work, um, trying to get over. So, question for James from Zach Porter: Said James, what were your thoughts on the Utami Momo match? Oh, um, yeah, I love that match. I thought that match was somewhere around four and a quarter, four and a half. Um, very good match. Um, they obviously they have more in them. Like you know, traditionally like the, the knockdown drag out um, match that people talk about in Stardom are the matches that are in Kirkland Hall normally and always end up somewhere outside the ring where someone does some gigantic dive. But this this was more or less self-contained in the ring. Um, it was also interesting to see a Stardom match that didn't involve. They actually had barricades up as opposed to like the young girls working in basically <laughs> boxing out like people from, uh, from getting ran into. So. Um, that that was fun, but yeah, they, I mean, back and forth. Uh, Momo, in the match base, the story of the match is like, Yutami, like she's a she's a great rookie, but she's not on Momo's level yet. Um, right. But it's coming, and you know, eventually when they do this, when they do the, uh, the draft with uh, the factions, and I, I think there's gonna be a split there because like she's probably like the the, the best. Uh, Yutami's probably like the best second in command right now amongst the factions. That was um, my first stardom experience, and I was just so impressed from the straightforward presentation, which is something that I think all companies can take a, a, a page out of. Like, here are the wrestlers. Here's their name of their group. You get to see their interests. You can kind of figure out who they are. I'm already a mark for Odeo Tai uh, and all <laughs> the music and the dancing, because I love nothing more than dancing, even though I can't dance myself. 
Um, but yeah, it, it was an incredible show. Yeah, so yeah, that was my first Shimmer experience. Even without a bottom rope. Yes, my first Shimmer experience. That was a great show. Uh, stardom. Dude, oh, excuse me. Yeah, Stardom. First Stardom experience. That was a great show. Um, you know, dude, all those girls killed it. Um, you know, the high speed match with Dustin. Who was the. Dustin Azuki. Azuki. Oh. Um, yeah, Azuki, she is the second in command of Odeo Tai um, behind Kagetsu. And she, she, she's also one of the, one of the women that made event in, in shows, depending on whatever, um, uh, depending on the, you know, whatever show card it is. But she's, she's looked upon as like she's next on deck. I think she's like 22 years old. Yeah. Um, so like the, the thing with the, with the with stardom is like you know, you know the Mayus and the Kagetsus and um, even the Jungles. Like they're like you know 25 or older. But like the next breed, like the Momos and you know. Um, you know, uh, Tam Nakano's, whatever else there, or Tom, Tam Nakano, they're all, like, in their lower 20s, maybe even eight, as well young as 18. Um, so, like, you know, they, they develop, they've done a good job developing top talent, and, you know, they put them in positions to, like, showcase, like, their abilities at, at top of cards at times. And it's similar thing, like, people are coming up and, and um, coming up and testing, like, the top, the, the top um, of factions. And... It, it makes for a fun show. Like this, yeah. was, I, I kind of felt like I almost undersold it to you guys. But like, honestly, that show was so far and beyond what I imagined it, it could do once I saw that car lineup. Because every woman like was better than what I've seen before. Like, like Jamie I like Hanna. Yeah, Jamie Hader. I was just gonna bring her up. Yeah, uh, Bobby like, Tyler. Hader, like she, I never saw her do that. Um, to be that good and fast and explosive. Yes. yes. Um, and you know, Bia, Bia's always good, especially in tags. But like she, she, you know, she was solid as she normally is. Um, but I, I, I you know, I, I highly recommend the show. I told you, like, I saw this car. I was like, it's not gonna be exactly what I thought it would be. It's gonna be the best starting match, uh, starting card I've ever seen. Yes. So All right. Two thumbs up for that show. All right. So I so, wanna, so we dressing as the Odeo tie for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> wanna, I want to make sure we get some. Come on, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Do you do you like the the um the cyberpunk? You like the cyberpunk? I'm with it. Okay. I'm, I'm with it all. Okay. All, all right. the smoke. So we, we got. Y'all can see Madison Square Garden back there. I'm yeah. gonna try to get out the way a so, little bit, but so, that is the garden right there. We got uh, an hour left of uh, recording yeah. time here. I want to make sure we get some time to talk about. Uh, NXT TakeOver, as well as the um, G1 Supercard. Um, so let's talk. start with uh, NXT TakeOver New York. This was an amazing TakeOver. Um, so many great matches. Um, young boy, um, so you were there. We are all there at TakeOver, man. What were your thoughts on TakeOver? Uh, yeah, my thoughts on TakeOver. I thought that it was an incredible show. It was the first TakeOver that I've ever gotten a chance to attend live. Um, you know, our seats were all the way up in the nosebleeds. At the 10 up. Like, yeah, the very, very, very top. And they were still excellent seats. Uh, the show was just incredible. I mean, um, the highest, like, like, every single match was over four stars. Everything was paced out so perfectly. It went very, very quickly. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's TakeOver in New York on Mania Weekend. It always delivers. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy and Chris, were you guys at TakeOver? to after one of the shows I stayed up late like a fucking maniac <laughs> and watched more wrestling after attending a wrestling show and I at least watched uh, the two big title matches I watched Gargano and Cole and I watched Walter and Pete really loved Walter and Pete Gargano and Cole was awesome I just think it I don't need that many false finishes in a match but it was fucking tremendous it it, it put over the story of Gargano refusing to quit he just he's a die ever since PWG days that's always been his MO and 
You gotta love Gargano. He's he's freaking get, great. Get, getting a live action chicken wing come oh, into Chris, your vision. The chicken wing doing a run in. Oh lord. <laughs> if you guys guy. would like to see the video that we're recording of this, it will be available in the Wrestling Square Circle Facebook group. I will rip it and also get it up on the YouTube look channel. At, at also, that. you gotta see this picture I just took of Chris enjoying his chicken wing. Look at that dunkage. He looked orgasmic look, as he enjoyed look, it. Look, he didn't even realize he was. Look at that dunkage right there. Oh lord. But yeah. Walter and Pete was just what I wanted. That was the yes. perfect match for those two guys. Yes, Walter and Pete Dunn. That was my favorite match of the evening. Uh, Walter was just killing Pete Dunn, and I was expecting, man. Those chops kind of sounded off. Uh, the one thing I did notice um, about uh, the Walter and Dunn match, I felt like the crowd didn't exactly know all of Walter's spots. Like, they knew of Walter um, and kind of his reputation. They knew to chant his name, but they weren't familiar with his signature moves besides a chop. They didn't really know what to expect, but I definitely think at the end of this match, more people will, will be paying attention to Walter and tuning into NXT UK every week to kind of see what's next for Walter. Um, any idea of who you guys would like to see challenge Walter? Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar enough with NXT uh, UK to, to have anyone in mind that I think would be good to challenge him, to be honest with you. Yeah. But anything, anything else on, on Walter? Or, yeah, I, I think Walter just needs to just beat everybody from Dan Maloney to Leguero to uh, Dave Mastiff to the Coffee Brothers to Pete Dunnigan and Tyler Bay. Just whoop them all. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> like, like what, 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 what's fucking with Walter right now in the UK? Yo, for me, it's like, I mean, I don't even know what's going on with Ilya Dragunov, but like that from all of the... Oh, yes, right. Ilja. Seen, about him. Yeah, Ilja. The WXW stuff I've seen, Ilya Dragunov and Walter is where it's at. Like, uh, for the bowler that we were at, right? Ilya has like an intensity man that's like just unmatched. And like it's perfect for, for Walters, like just non-stop chops, like big man grappling. Ilya's one of those guys that his he's working a gimmick that doesn't seem like it's a character. <laughs> it <just laughs> seems like he's a brutal guy that just wants to kick your fucking chest in. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So that's mine. That's mine. Ilya Dragunov and, and Walter. That's a dream match that, that needs to at least be seen by all those eyeballs that we now have on uh, you know NXT UK compared to the amount of eyeballs that were on WXW. So the rest True. of the people need to see that that shit, man. That's yeah. Me. And so uh, Jeremy was talking about um, Gargano and Cole just a few seconds ago. James, the, the biggest Johnny Gargano fan I know, you literally grabbed me and were jumping up and down. You were so happy that Gargano won the NXT Championship, man. Let's, let's hear your thoughts on that match, man. Um, I thought that the first two falls were just kind of there, but I believe that uh, I believe that the last fall was like one of the best things I've ever seen um, on television. Um, okay, so for me, you know, I... You know, I, I love, I have people that I all enjoy, and I respect a lot of the people. I respect a lot of the people that uh, I think are good, um, right? So, like, the more talented people I respect or whatever else, but there's not people that I really, there's not many, that many people I, I, I fully, like, feel like I just um, have, I feel like I have a, like, a, the, the classical wrestling fan, wrestler connection to as far as, like, I live and die with their matches and their booking and their roster positioning, whatever else. Johnny's one of the few, and, um... This was this was a combination of um, this is a combination of what 15 months, six takeovers, um, and yeah, he, uh, he he finally did it. It was it was awesome, and um, you know, I, there are times like the, the near falls were at the end were just at a point to where like, you know, I was recording the finish, the thing, and like, you know, I'm going to capture this on my phone, and it got to the point where, you know, I see that you know they uh, the 
the Undisputed Era started doing their cheating gimmick deal to get the, the crowd bullshit. into them. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that's done. That's classic. He's done. Textbook. He's finished. Finito. Unrecord. Un and put my phone back in my pocket. Fold my arms. I know it's an L. And kicks out. Crazy finishes. Um, and then we get to the point where he slaps one of Gargano escape last time. And he taps out. And... Um, it, you know, it was, the crowd was electric. It was one of the, was, I think it was the loudest pop I've ever been intended for. Um, yeah. It was a culmination of an incredible show. And I think, honestly, um, I think it's the best takeover they've ever done, which means it's the best show that WWE's ever done. Right. Um, but, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, we'll figure it out later. I have to watch it on a TV copy, but, like, I enjoyed the match. Like, the, the Walter match is incredible, too. I mean, I mean, let, let, let's keep it a buck. It's the greatest performer in NXT history getting yeah. his crowning achievement. So that is huge no yep. matter, like, which way, we, what, whether he's going to the main roster soon or he's going to be that signature star for NXT that Triple H always talks about that, yep. oh, people don't have to go to the main roster. Like, right. so I don't know how long they can keep Johnny hot, but they need to ride the wave as much as they can. And like Walter, let him beat people because he's <laughs> eight, eaten plenty of losses right, along now, the way. Right, now he's a Triple Crown champion, first NXT Triple Crown champion, yes. has held all three NXT titles. Um, yeah. So we talked but, about Walter and Pete Dunne. We talked about Cole and Gargano. I want to get Youngboy on here because I know one of his favorite matches of the night was um, Velveteen Dream versus uh, Matt Riddle. Youngboy, man, why'd you love that match so much? You know... Um, I think I am in the minority here, but to me, I do feel like that that was the match of the night. Um, and I know a lot of people don't agree with that. Um, and every every match is so great, so it's not like I would probably like fight somebody over it. But that match just seemed to capture the crowd in a way that like a lot of the other matches didn't. Like it felt like it was one of the like the most sustained like crowd reactions, and it's because Velveteen Dream is so over. Like when they say Dream is over. That, Dude, that shit's real. I think I underestimated that a little bit because you know I've he been. He was at worst the he was at worst the second most over person the entire night. And I would say the most, he was either him or Adam Cole. Right, and you know I under, underestimate how over Velveteen is. I mean, I've been following Matt Riddle for a long time. And, you know, Riddle he's a huge superstar. I was expecting it to be you know 50-50 with the crowd response, but I feel like the crowd was more behind Velveteen Dream than they were Matt Riddle. Yeah, yep. the, the, the crowd was behind Dream. Uh, Riddle, even though he's a star, it's like. You know, you put him up against, like, a star that over in that crowd on that night. I think and he played it perfect, though. Like, he came through, and he wrestled in a more aggressive fashion. And I thought it was really his breakout moment as well. Uh, we were waiting for him and Ono to really hit that level. They didn't hit that level. Right. Um, and it was a process where he was going through where he needed to educate the crowd to what he does. I think this is where he fully fucked and busted nut. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, I'm sorry, excuse the language and everything, but Riddle needed this performance as well, and I think he got it. Yes, he, yeah, definitely, man. That was a great match. Um, and um, the opening contest um, was with one of our favorite tag teams, Josh, the War, War Raiders, War. a.k.a. War, War Machine. War. Taking on the team of um, Black O'Shea, uh, uh, Alistair Black. Black <laughs> <laughs> Alistair Black and Ricochet. What do you think about that one, man? Yeah, that match was excellent as well. I mean, who would have known that, you know, Tommy Ann and Ricochet would just make such a killer tag team? Like, yeah, that 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 match really was phenomenal. Yeah, you know, Alistair Black, he's, he's an underrated tag team wrestler. He's been always great in tag team stuff. 
And him and, Al and uh, Ricochet together, they blended so well together. And just the stuff that they were doing for Machine, you know, you would think it'd be your traditional, like, big man, little man stuff. But, you know, you have guys like um, Hanson and Rowe out there doing dives and Dude, flips. When they, when, they, when they did Hanson and Ricochet, it was speed wrestler versus speed wrestler, the high flyers. It's hilarious. You're right. Yeah, dude, that was great. Um, Rich, what do you think about that tag match? The tag match was, well, I don't think it was Undisputed Era uh, mustache mountain or anything, but it was, like, right underneath that. And I think that, um, you know, it was sad. It, it was actually good to see Ricochet in black get that final send-off, that farewell. Of course, Ricochet's crying because he has to go get booked on the main roster. Um, and and I, I felt for the guy in, in, in that moment of pain that he had. And um, But, yeah, uh, Hanson, athletic as fuck. He's a freak of nature. Uh, Roll is right there with him like, as far as the power. Just so innovative with their movesets. It, it was a really great way to open the show. Takeover was unfuckwittable. Yeah. Also, point blank. <laughs> We also had the uh, Fatal 4-Way Women's Championship match. Um, Shayna Baszler defending against Bianca Belair, um, Kyrie Sane, Io Shirai, James. What, what do you think on this one, man? So, we were talking about the Women's 4-Way, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, I feel like um, in some way, in shape, and form, um, we got to figure out what we're going to do with Shayna. Like, are we going to have her stay? And if so, like, we got to stop with these, like, banana peel, I do nothing, or, I, or I'm not the reason why I win finishes. Like, she's too, she, they, they portrayed her over the year, over the, her tenure there to be so dominant, and then now she's like, she keeps, like, you know, she keeps bucking out as opposed to, you know, she's dominant. Like, pick, pick a lane. Like, either elevate one of these women um, because she's, she's banana peeling now or let her just be people. And yeah. I don't think anybody – it feels cheap. Yeah. It, yeah. it feels cheap. And uh, NXT, we're like, you know, this is this is the best of the best and finishes are more or less pure. Like, we have gotten to this fan with her where, like, her last four matches have all been cheap, cheap victories for yeah. her. And she's she, – and they, they've shown that she's been dominant. People buy her as dominant, so I don't, I don't see. And this is to help elevate anyone, really. Yes, yeah, so I'm still confused as to what's going on here. And I think the issue with Shayna still being a champion is she shouldn't be there anymore. Like it's right. like she's clogging the pipeline. Uh, no disrespect to her as a wrestler or anything, but I think she is like, what, without her like leaving and getting promoted, no one else can get started. So. I disagree with the belt with with, uh, with them keeping the title on her. I thought you could have maybe went to EO here and, you know, start letting these matches get super raw until we could chase down Bianca. Yeah. You know, I thought uh, Bianca Belair would have been, you know, a good one to go with for here. Jeremy wants to get in on this. Actually, since we're talking about TakeOver, I want to get your guys' opinion. It's a Twitter-related thing. Yeah. So Voice of Wrestling was covering this show, and they tweeted out, Riddle and Black. I saw that. What is your guys' opinion on that Freudian slip? <laughs> <laughs> you guys won't even touch base on that? Uh, fuck, I thought it was pretty... All right, so Boys of Wrestling, Boys of Wrestling uh, sent out a tweet. They were like Riddle and Black, and obviously he was wrestling Velveteen Dream at the time. So I chalk it up to it's just Twitter or, you know, it's autocorrect on your phone. I, it, you know... <laughs> You know, Maybe he was thinking about Aleister Black. I don't know. Maybe they got confused. I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. James? Uh, okay. 
Okay. As you all know, that I am not in I am not in the business of uh, of um, caping for white people when they slip into uh, whatever they step into. Um, well, nor should I nor should I feel the way if um, if I step into something involving um, offending uh, you know perhaps the, the gay community or yeah the gay community or, uh, <laughs> or, or or women right like you know I, I don't need anybody vouch for me like if your if, if your heart's in the right place like own what you did and, and move on from there I don't think it's that big of a deal but you know if if, if, if people feel that it's warranted of an apology, like I'm sure that they'll, I'm sure that they'll, you know, respond appropriately, or they won't, and then we'll handle it. We'll move on from there. Yeah. See. Well, at least they didn't leave it up. Yeah. But um, I guess the next show of the weekend. Talk about. Oh uh, yes. Yeah, so. Thanks for the breaking news, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> so we were at the uh, G1 Super Card of Honor at Madison Square Garden, right behind, right behind us. us. Um, Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, Jeremy and Chris, were you, were you guys at Madison Square Garden, or did you? Yeah. Right, awesome. So all all of us here at the table were at Madison Square Garden. This is a great feeling just being in that building, such a historic building. So many great shows, so many great matches that have happened here in this building. And when the show was going on, I was thinking about every great memory of Madison Square Garden I had. Like, I was thinking about, I was like, wow, Kobe dropped 61 here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is where Shawn Michaels jumped off the ladder. Like, you know, different stuff like that. So, yeah, great stuff. So, I guess we we'll do a little roundtable on this one. What was everybody's uh, favorite match from the Supercard? Um, well, young boys chewing. Uh, let's start with Jeremy. All right. Um, first off, I the experience at the Garden was amazing. I am lucky enough to have a professional relationship with uh, ROH because I do T-shirt designs for them. So they hooked me up with seats. I was sitting in like the friends and family section for ROH. So great seats. Other awesome wrestlers sitting around me. Mikey Whipwreck was sitting next to me. Jerry, Jerry Lynn. Lynn was right behind me. Irie from DT was down there. Um, and after, actually, after Mayu's match, she came up there and sat down and watched the rest of the That's show. Awesome. So I got an opportunity to say, Mayu, amazing match. But my, my match of the show has to be Dragon Lee, uh, Aji Ishimori, Taji Ishimori, and... What the fuck? Why can't I? I'm so stoned. <laughs> ben fucking Dito. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Some of the amazing spots. I really want to put over when Dragon Lee had his opponent in the Tree of Woe in the corner. When they were hanging upside down, normally people just hang there like an idiot and look so stupid. Just sell like and sell like a dumbass. Bandit, or, uh, Dragon Lee had his foot on the guy's hand so he couldn't even let go of the rope. That is brilliant psychology within Lucha stuff. That's Amazing! It was yeah, next Lucha, level. Lucha is like, like I love me some lucha. Love it. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where it's like, all right, I'm just gonna wait for the dude to do his thing. Yes. That's what's up, you know? All right, I know this guy's gonna do a double spot. He's gonna hang out there. He's gonna be hanging on the ropes till the guy does a moonsault onto him. Okay, I get it. But this is one of the times where like, well, this guy can't let go of the rope. There's no way. Yeah, that, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What you guys? Yeah, So yeah, I mean, dude, I, dude, I love that match. You know, I'm a big fan. We saw Bandito kind of break out last year yeah. during the WrestleCon uh, Super Show. He was in there. With, Huge uh, year from PWG to ROH. This guy is just fucking killing it. Yeah, it's awesome. So yeah, that match was so great, and I'm hoping that we see Bandito in the uh, best of the Super Juniors. It's coming up here. I'm sure we'll see that. That's a good hey, call. We cannot not mention that ridiculous double 
backflipping oh, yes, all the way. Oh yes, by Bandita. Oh my Fuck god, this. hell yeah, man! I I was so, next level shit. everyone in the crowd was like, oh no, stand up because something either bad or something beautiful is about to happen. Right. Either a great <laughs> spot's gonna happen or the last bump's about yeah. to happen. Yeah. The other gnarly bump of the evening, I think you probably all agree, is the double power bomb to the fucking four on the outside over the top rope. PCO hitting the ground, then getting up, no selling, and then instantly falling back down. I, I love that moment. It was beautiful. Personal friend of grown men yes, good old PCO. How you doing, Carl? We love you. So happy. Yeah, man. PCO is a G. I was telling Jeremy, I was telling friend of the show, Ben, uh, it's, it's such a great story from PCO, from last year's WrestleMania weekend, right? Last year, we, we were there for that spring break match, Walter versus PCO, that revitalized his career, man, like, that was it, that was a starting point. Yeah, we got him on Roman Man shortly after that, and he was like... If you haven't listened to it, go back in the archive. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. He said his ultimate goal wasn't necessarily making it to the WWE, he just wants to keep the progression and all. Think about it, from spring break to Madison Square Garden in a year, the scope of that is insane. Right? And the man is 51 years old. That's actually, technically, he told me the other day, since Destro revived him, he's only 35 permanently. <laughs> I'll, I'll sell that. That's it. Young boy, what do you think so about that, uh, that fatal four-way tag match? You're asking me? Yeah. Okay. You're the only young boy here. It's no, I can't. It's hard to hear in here. So yeah, absolutely. The uh, the fatal four way uh, was really, really, really good. Um, the stuff that PCO was doing was just freaking insane. Um, I thought that having all the different teams together ended up actually making it a better match because it was chaotic. Everybody was all over the place. Like it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And so um, during after that tag match, we had a interruption of the show by one Enzo Amore oh my God. and Big Cass. Yeah. Uh, what are we, how are we feeling about this, guys? I think Ring of Honor is a promotion in crisis. I think they are um, going, they're, they're reaching for anything that's just going to get them in the news cycle. And there's no better way to do that than bringing Enzo and Cass in because they kind of create controversy. Um, I knew it was a work immediately. They were out there in their gimmick shirts. They were shooting it to avoid it being on the thing, and that was the work of it. And I, I pretty much said it to you guys immediately, and that kind of came out to be what the story was. I don't really know what they can offer from a wrestling standpoint because this is a promotion built on great wrestling. Um, Enzo is a good talker despite being a noted asshole and you know a disruptive kind of presence in uh, the rock locker room. But... I'm not trying to watch no Enzo and Cass matches. Yeah, neither am I. Jeremy, what do you what do you think about Enzo and Cass showing up at the Garden? Oh my God, the the hilarious, hilarious, dude. I don't know if a lot of people who listen to your guys' show know how. I'll say it. I'm gonna put myself. Over. I'm pretty prolific on Twitter. It's kind of stupid, but it's fun. So I tweeted out that. Yes, James Vanderbeek on Twitter. So silly. Uh, people actually asked for my picture this weekend, you guys. It was ridiculous. Dude, it's crazy. We had a lot of people walking up to us saying, hey, you're Jeremy from Keeping Strong Strong. You're Young Boy from Keeping Strong Strong. You're Rich from One Nation Radio. Like, all What a this, trip, dude, huh? Dude, it's really weird. Yeah, I mean, we're, I'm like just as big a mark as this guy who's next to me taking a picture. So, But anyway, so I tweeted out when the guy jumped Brett during the Hall of Fame. I go, I heard something popped off over at the Hall of Fame. What did Enzo do now? <laughs> Literally, 30 minutes later, 
in the MSG, Enzo is jumping the fucking rail. It was like Beetlejuice. If I fucking tweet about this guy, he fucking shows up at the venue I'm at. And thanks to the amazing subway system of New York City, you yeah. can definitely get from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Let's, let's assume that was both him. No. <laughs> the other one. But yeah. So I have mixed emotions about this. I can see why a purist of ROH or New Japan would hate this bullshit, but... I love wrestling, professional wrestling, which involves ridiculous bullshit just to draw some fucking money, which means there might be some heat off Enzo and Big Cass coming to ROH. Those are the fucking sports entertainer guys. We could see the Briscoe brothers beat the shit out of them. How fun would that be, you guys? Yeah, that's, that's what I want. I mean, to me, uh, the Briscoes beating the shit out of Enzo and Cass. Like, That's money. That. You could do a loop off of that. <laughs> Youngbo, what do you think about that? You know, there was a time before uh, everything that's happened with Enzo and Cass came about where they were one of the most popular, one, one of the most over acts in all of wrestling. Um, I think, you know, in a way, it's kind of... You know, I'm not a fan of Enzo and Cass. I never have been, but at the same time, to see these guys kind of go to the low, low lows and maybe have a chance at redemption, I mean, that's kind of a cool story, you know? So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, like, saying, like, I'm going to mark over this, uh, you know, storyline or whatever, and I don't know if it's going to end up benefiting Ring of Honor, but at least they're trying something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go to... Uh, oh, uh, let, let, let me get on this. Yeah. So, uh, they, so we have Enzo and Cass at uh, Ring Honor. Yeah. Boy. Boy. Sinclair's out here, cow, they're out here clout chasing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I don't know, man. Like, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. All I know is this is definitely not uh, Brian Daniels' Ring Honor. This is not, <laughs> not Nigel McKee's Ring Honor. This is not Christopher Daniels' uh, Ring Honor. Samoa Joe. This ain't Samoa Joe. Tyler Samoa Black. AJ Styles' Ring Honor. You can keep going. Not, this ain't Jonathan Gresson's Ring Honor. This ain't Jay hey, People's Ring Honor. I, I just want to know now that Enzo's here, is Enzo going to get in the best of Super Juniors now? Are we Are we going to see that? No, you know, no, 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 no. Look. Uh, I think I think that if he's in the best Super Juniors, I think that uh, I think there might be a reason to like not watch it now. No, there might be a reason Yo. to not watch it now. Before, I had no excuse because it's some of the best wrestling in the world. Yeah. Now it's like, oh yeah, Enzo's on there. I ain't watching that. Imagine Enzo and Mori doing that whole whole <laughs> whole entrance in Cork and Hall, and everybody staring at him like, who is this alien? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this for everybody that hated. Uh, Enzo's cruiserweight run and cruiserweight title reign, wouldn't that be like the biggest like, I don't even know like coincidence or like happenstance that he winds up in New Japan, in the best of Super Juniors, maybe holding the junior title? Do you? Oh my God, bro! People, people would people would lose their freaking minds, dude. Yeah, that'd be awful. And that's the difference between. The rest of the world in WWE is that if they do like if something is a terrible idea, they won't do it. As opposed to WWE, is like think of the heat we'll get. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think even Gato has that restraint. Yeah. Let's um, talk about some of the the top matches at the end of the evening. Um, we had um, Zack Saber Jr. defending the Rev Pro British Heavyweight Championship against the Ace Hiroshi Tanahashi, young boy. What do you think about Saber and uh, Ace? I think it delivered. 
Um, I think it could have used a little bit more time, but obviously, you know, with them having strict time constraints, uh, you know, we didn't get, it wasn't like, I mean, how long did that match go? Like 12 minutes? Around that time, yeah. Yeah. But I thought it was really good. Uh, obviously, Tanahashi was over, like, Rover. Like, man, people freaking lost their minds when they ate. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and I thought that it was one of the better Zach matches of the weekend. In fact, um, that might have been the best Zach match I did see this weekend, possibly. What was better? My favorite Zach match was definitely the Rev Pro Tag. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that, like, had some emotion to it. It had some, like... Like, my one point on the MSG one was, like, that was the point where I think people would get maybe getting a little bit tired, which was unfortunate. Was match. They, they worked it nice and slow. Uh, a lot of transitions uh, as, as far as who was in control all the time. So, yeah. But Red Pro, great. Yeah, I mean, great stuff. But when you've got a, um, a card that long, right, you got to pace it. you got to pace that shit. And, and, you know, I didn't have any complaints about it, but it, it was a moment where I was a little bit, you know, dipping down, I guess. One... Whereas that Rev Pro show, that was the highlight of the show. Easy. Yeah. One thing with that, which which is great that you bring that up, because it was almost like we were at Cork and Hall watching like a Road 2 show as the precursor to this match on the that big show. That was cool. That was cool. I love those Road 2 shows. And the, uh, the, the other thing with it that was uh, really cool is just all weekend I was seeing dream matches, dream matches, but there's no stakes behind it. There's no actual heat behind it. Right. And then when we got to that Red Pro show, that was the first, like, match of the uh, weekend where I was like, okay, there's stakes, like, on the line. There's real heat here. This has, you know, uh, I don't know. It's going to matter later on what happens in this match. Yeah. As opposed to, like, you know, Bandito and, like, you know, uh, Will Ospreay is, like, really great. But it happens, and then it doesn't matter who wins. It doesn't matter who loses. It's, it's a display. But that, uh... That repro tag team match was like this matters. This is a big deal. And how I, over was Suzuki? Dude, oh my god! Suzuki was amazing, taking out the referee as always. But the relationship between Zach and Suzuki is one of the things I've just enjoyed the progression of. Like it went from a guy who, you know, was they were essentially just paired together, and now you could clearly see the mutual respect that yes. Minoru has for Zach, and that's something. Like you, he doesn't hand it out lightly, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. But also, good. I want to do a, a live reaction from you guys. Yeah. Uh, looks like the Major Brothers just won the tag team titles from the Revival. <laughs> they did. Uh, what do you guys think about this? This was a... It changed the line. Shut up. Uh, personally, I I don't like a title match. Just a WrestleMania that springs from a challenge. I like a build. Opinions? Yeah, I, I would have preferred for there to be some kind of build or story told to make this make sense instead of just... All of a sudden on Twitter, oh, yeah, like as soon as I saw Wouldn't that match be the happening, first time in, in WWE, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not even gonna say that full name um, over the airwaves here, but for for yeah, for me, uh, them winning just means the revival can do right, pretty much treat it like Bret Hart in 1997. They might as well just walk to the top of the ramp and go a. E-W. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, Revival seems like they're on the way out. Hopefully, they don't get breaking up. Ho hopefully, in a similar fashion that uh, that, that uh, Brother Hitman was able to uh, to hot that loogie directly into uh, Vince's face. Maybe, you know, he, he, they didn't get screwed for the title, but, you know, just a thought. <laughs> uh, I know it's and they're going for the cheap pop, but 
Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> They're in New Jersey. <laughs> Same, yeah. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Um, so let's get back uh, to Supercard. We had the IWGP Intercontinental Championship on the line with the Golden Star Kota Ibushi against Tatsuya Naito. Young boy, what did you think about this one, man? Yeah, so this was a dream come true. This was the match I was most anticipating and most excited for. And to see these guys go out there and literally kill themselves and do, bro, it topped like their entire series so far, in my opinion. I thought it was the match of the weekend for me personally. And um, I was just, man, I was blown away. Like, and it, it was an honor to be able to be there in Madison Square Garden watching Naito and Ibushi. Uh, I guess the thing I'm wondering is what the Naito fans, how they're going to react to this. Yeah, I'm expecting, uh, you know, the LIJ fans to have a meltdown right now and just burn Twitter to the ground. Uh, you know, just having no confidence in what Gato has planned for Naito. But, you know, all Naito fans, they want him to hold the IWGP championship. But in order for him to do that, he's, he, he's got to drop one. He got to drop the IC belt. So now nah, give him all the belts. <laughs> Strap this man up. So I feel like this is going to be the, the progression that Naito needs to get um, him into, you know, as the number one contender for the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Rich, what do you think about Ibushi Naito? Ibushi and Naito uh, was exactly what I was anticipating. Uh, I would probably go like 4.75. Um, I'm much of a coward to give it five, but um, they did a lot of head drops. Ibushi, this kind of completes... When I first started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling, it was Wrestle Kingdom 9. Uh, the first match was Shinsuke Nakamura versus Kota Ibushi. He lost for the IC title, and he finally got the fucking belt after all this time. <laughs> I was so happy for that guy. James, your thoughts on Ibushi Naito? Yeah, it's a great match, and they both tried to kill each other, and luckily both of them survived, and they didn't try to kill each other too many times. They only decided to drop each other on their heads a few times as opposed to, you know, a million times. So, um, great match. I'm pretty sure they could go out there and, and do something and do um, a better match, but, you know, let's just keep it as that, and let's keep these guys alive, and hopefully we get more great matches out of them in the future. Uh, quick question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, Bushi doing the Hurricane Rana off the apron to the floor, maybe spot of the weekend contender? Yes, definitely do yeah. that, yeah. What, what? Spot, spot, spot of, of the weekend. No, nah, I mean, I would say, okay, so. Up there, you, though? Up when there? You, when you get PCO, double powerbomb, over the top rope to the floor with nothing to catch him, I think, I think that's the spot of the year. But, uh, Same show, though, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great show. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, Bushi and Naito, man, those guys just killed each other. I loved um Abushi kind of calling back to Shinsuke Nakamura, one of his heroes, you know. Um, he, his whole mission was to, you know, bring the IC belt back to prestige that guys like Nakamura and Tanahashi have done. And so just him, you know, um, channeling him, channeling in his inner uh, Nakamura and hitting that Bomaye knee, um, then eventually the golden um, trigger, or no, excuse me, the Kamagoye, got Kenny on the mind, the Kamagoye, and uh, winning the IC championship. And I mean, it, it's such a big deal because we, you know, for a lot of U.S. fans, New Japan came to prominence off the back of that Wrestle Kingdom 9 IC title match with Ibushi and, and Nakamura. And to, to and since that time, he's challenged for it several other times, uh, most notably the match with Tanahashi, and he's never been able to, to lock up that white belt. So to see him come to America several years later, pay homage to those guys, and then finally overcome and be like a major champion in new japan it's pretty compelling it's awesome yes yeah, great 
Um, now let's talk about the main event, guys, for the IWGP Championship. What do you guys think of the new title? I think it's, it's very so pretty. Beautiful. It's Looks big nice. and gorgeous, and it's a title worth holding. Yes, it's that's how I want all title belts to look: big, shiny, lots of gems and diamonds and jewels on it. Yeah, yeah. The the new title is it? It's pretty much the same model, though, right? It it looks the same. Pretty much the same. Just a little. I think it's, it's a little bit bigger, but yeah. it is beautiful. And like, I'm not even a belt geek, and I love it. It looks awesome. Uh, yeah, so, what do you guys think about the match? Jay White lost. Jay White lost. <laughs> God Almighty, Jay White lost. And I'm happy. The IWGP, um, uh, the IWGP title, I think, has been saved. Uh, Western morale has gone through the roof. Um, and uh, we can send Jay White back to the eight-man tags. So, because uh, who's going to counter forever? I, uh, strong feelings. I guess you guys don't care for Jay White to take it. Actually, so... They're more on the not caring for Jay White bandwagon. Me, Josh, and I, we've been kind of pushing Jay White for a while. Yeah. We, 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 I think he's a great wrestler. Is it an undeserved thing where he's, like, maybe getting the, the push yeah. a little now, too strong just to replace Kenny Omega? Is that how you guys feel? Yeah, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't, I w I wouldn't have booked him as IWGP champion. Um, but I do think he, he he's done his best in that position. Um, he's had good to great matches, you know, since this kind of heel turn and push. Um, you know, the Osprey match, you can look back at the Juice Robinson match. Um, he's been putting in great performances. Yeah, I, I've, I've been a big fan of Jay White. I've touted him since he showed up in ROH, and they clearly it was something here. The guy was young and already was pretty damn good. I was shocked when they put the title on him. Honestly, shocked. It seemed like rushed. It seemed like knee-jerk reaction. Maybe they just didn't want to go with Okada or Tanahashi again, but... I guess it was a good natural progression to what we had tonight. You know what I mean? It was like a great feel-good moment for the end of this show. Oh, yeah. James, do you want to jump on this? Oh, yeah. So uh, my thoughts on uh, Jay White, for example, is that he's very good, but I don't know if he's at that level of or, or he's at a level of the top guys in New Japan. Um, and, you know, I kind of see it as a high-end professional wrestling. So I was, I was skeptical, but, um, you know, after the Abushi match and, the, uh, and this match, I, I'm starting to become more of a believer and I'm less skeptical. Um, and, and that was the thing for me. Is like I never, I never wrote him off. I just thought that maybe uh, this is a little bit too much too soon. Um, like I, think it's, I think it's overblown about his age, but about him being only 26. I know a bunch of guys that are incredible that are not like, that are younger than that, like Tyler Bate or uh, Momomata Watanabe or whatever else. But... Um, I, I think that I think this is the right step for him. Um, I, I, you know, I wasn't exactly. I'm a big Okada guy, fan, as you guys know, but I wasn't exactly um, the crazy world about him getting the title back this soon. And and that was about until I went to that and when I went to this building right there, and this crowd was living and dying with Okada in a way that like you, I rarely seen the person that like parachutes in for these uh, these big New Japan matches because it was a point in time where. You know, whoever he was up against in every match is like uh, the crowd's more towards uh, the opponent um, taking the title because they were kind of over the, the, the Olympic title run. So I was kind of concerned about, uh, you know, him getting it back this quick. But, you know, for at least for this night, 
it worked out like gangbusters. Like, the crowd was 100% behind him. He's probably the most over guy, the, uh, one of the most over guys the entire uh, weekend that I've seen. I mean, maybe Adam Cole, maybe Velveteen, maybe Johnny at the end of um, in the main event at the end. Um, but it's definitely like it was definitely those three. Oh, and also uh, Liger when he came out. So and, you know, Liger's the, Liger's the goat, and he's he's wrapping it up. So of course, so he, uh, I felt like this is um, you know in a weird way we finally got uh, Okada's over as like his rep is. Yeah, yeah I want to 100% agree with you that I was I was quite concerned that it was a bit too early for Okada to get it back, right? Because, I mean, I got to the point of, like, watching those Okada matches, and I said, you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world, easily, easily. But it's like, I am not looking forward to these matches anymore, dog. You know, it's like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like, I'm not sure about this. And then it's like, I'm thinking, at least a year and a half until they go back to him, right? At least that long. You need a you need a break. You need to make a new star like like Jay White, right? So I was like really thinking Jay White really needs to retain here. You know, this is his moment. This is his moment to like main event uh, Madison Square Garden show and retain that title over Okada. That's gonna put him in that top mix in that uh, in that Kenny Omega spot yeah. that I think he is deserving of. And then it's like that's he's just gonna go up and up and up from there. Instead. It's Okada taking that belt back. I don't know. To me, it's like, is it going backwards? It's like, I don't know where they're going to go from here. And I think, like, why did they even put the belt on Jay if they're going to take it off him in his first defense? Like, what's up with yeah, that? Yeah, so I think, so, you know, Josh and I have been talking about this on Keeping It Strong Style. You know, there's a lot of champions that they get their first um, title win and then they eventually drop it without no successful defenses. I think what they were trying to do was just establish Jay White as a main event guy, as a top heavyweight. This guy is good enough to win the IWGP championship. So in the future when he's facing guys like Naito and Tanahashi and Okada and all these guys, it's like, okay, it's believable that he's beating these guys because he is a former IWGP heavyweight champion. And I think it's going to lead to him having a great um, G1 climax this year. Um, but as far as like, direction, like I'm not 100% sure where they're going to go. Because, I mean, Okada has already faced a lot of the top guys yeah. as champion defending it. So we were talking about this last night. I, I don't know who's next for Okada to, to defend against. The, the only thing I will say about White losing the title is, all right, they're, they're, and I told Josh this uh, last night, there's a whole story about uh, Jim Morrison in the doors uh, with Ed Sullivan show, and they were like, "You can't go on there and say light my fire, right? And, or else you'll oh, you get much higher. You can't say get much higher, right? So right. he goes out there and he fucking does it anyway, right? And then he was like, "You'll never play the Ed Sullivan show again." <laughs> and he's like, "Motherfucker, we already did do the Ed Sullivan show." So like with Jay White now. You can't ever take, he held the belt. You can't take it away from him. He has you a can't, you can't, but I, I'm going to ask you this. Did they cut his balls off? No. He's no? beat every guy in the promotion except Naito and Ibushi. So, he's I mean, beat, yeah. I just think people were starting to believe in him. And there was still a lot of chatter about Jay not being, you know, right for this spot main eventing Mania. I mean, main eventing Madison Square Garden, right? Yeah. Right. So there was still a lot of people thinking Jay isn't ready. And it was like, this was the chance to prove Jay is ready, and then he loses it. To me, it's like, I don't know. 
Like that's where I asked the question, you know. Well, I, I don't I don't think it, it was a wins or losses thing with him because they gave him all the wins that he needs already. He's beat Tanahashi. He's beat Omega. He's beat uh, Okada twice. And uh, and if we weren't gonna believe in the winning like that, it needed to be the performance. And I think he got the performance that he needed because I think that's the best match that I've ever seen of him. Great match. Yeah, great yeah match. that was an excellent main event. Jay White's ass from like. <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom uh, last year, like just like yo, I don't see it. This is bullshit. Like, don't put this man on top, like right now. Yeah. <laughs> but the last, like, I want to say three or four matches, I understand what he is now, and now I think that he has that. I'm a former champion on him. It's gonna give him a lot more clout uh, in Japan and also in America. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the future is gonna be bright for Jay White. Um, like I think he's he's just gonna. He's going to go up from here. I think he's going to have a great G1 climax, and I think he's going to have a really big match come Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not sure who it'll be against, but I think the future's still bright for Jay. Yeah, uh, that, that makes me feel good that you guys saw it that way, and it's like I, I hope that a lot of other people out there saw it that same way, you know, because uh, that was the same way, you know. It's like you get to that, that top level of the match, yeah. you get to that finishing sequence, and when you actually get lost in it, when you actually get like, all right, I really want my guy to win, you know, and like that's the the part where you lose yourself in wrestling, and it's like that's that like great, great match level. Yeah, but and yeah I was dude, there for the, that. Yes, the yeah. end of that match, I was up on my feet. I was gripping to every single move, every near fall. I was into it so much, man. I was like, and then when Okada's hitting those rainmakers, I was like, yes, like, yes, this yes. This is why I watch professional wrestling. This yes. is why we fly to New York to yes. come check this shit out. Um, these guys come from Australia. We come from Florida. Like, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. Like, like, this is like the best of the best of the best, sir, with yes. honors. Yes. Like, yeah, right. I, I really wanted to put over Naito and Ibushi. Like, that was my match of the night. Yes. I thought that was incredible. Got to some intense levels, and I knew it would be, but, like, yeah. so good, so good. Yeah. Um, I mean, that night was just special. Yeah, dude, it's a great night. Um, so, yeah, guys, if you've been trying to watch us on the video, we've been having some problem with the feed, but, you know, we'll have the audio out here on our social suplex podcast network feed that you'll be listening to this to on. Um, so we're kind of wrapping up here. We got uh, you know about 15 minutes. What I want to do is I want to go around to everybody and get everybody's match of the weekend. Ooh, that's so, that's that's a hot take, man. Yeah, that's hard. The, yes, we've seen the, so much wrestling. Yes, we've been here since Thursday. We've seen we've been watching wrestling the whole weekend. I want I got to know everybody's the either your the best match you've seen this weekend or your your favorite matches seen this weekend. Ooh. So we'll start with you, Chris. Yeah, so this is this is tricky. It's tricky because you got so many different kind of matches. You got serious matches. You got funny matches. You got all sorts of matches. You got shoot star matches. Who knows what's up? It's hard to go past uh, Hideki Suzuki and Timothy Thatcher. It's hard to go past Minoru Suzuki, Josh Barnett. And it's hard to go past Naito and Ibushi. Um, but. Dude, dude, <laughs> dude. All right, all right. I'm officially going to give it to Minoru Suzuki and Josh Barnett. Nice. Right? Like, that just, it was a, a different level thing for me. Obviously, I'm a little bit partial in that shoot style wrestling, so yes. that's a little bit of a special <laughs> thing. You know, seeing Josh Barnett wrestle in person, uh, and obviously Minoru Suzuki, the king of pancreas. Yes, Kaze so, Ninare. That, that got it for me. That got it for me. Awesome. All right, young boy. Pass, pass the mic over to young boy. All right, young boy. Best match that you saw this weekend. 
was Naito and, Naito and Ibushi. Absolutely. I mean, that it blew me away. I'm like four and three quarters on it. And yeah, just excellent. Nice. Jeremy, uh, best match you've seen this weekend? Oh, man. I think I've already said the three-way from MSG was the best. The funnest. And a lot of people have mixed feelings about it, but the clusterfuck. I, I really, I loved it. Who, who, who won the clusterfuck this year? No one. The way it ended was amazing. So toward the so there been a kind of a bit of an angle going on that Joey Ryan was a sexist because he didn't be, book any female on the last two clusterfucks. Right. Uh, this time, at the end of the show, women slowly came out. There's about eight women in total. Shazi McKenzie... I think Harlan O'Hara, Alley Cat, a bunch of people were in there. And they started beating the shit out of all the guys. And then they went backstage and they came out with light tubes and started beating the shit out of all the guys with light tubes. Then they paraded Joey Ryan out wearing no clothes. He's just wearing his boxers and started beating the shit out of him. And he had Joey Ryan as a sexist in lipsticks painted on his chest. They beat the shit out of everyone. They started peeling the mat away before every, all this ended. Like, so there's glass and blood and light tubes and chicks everywhere. <laughs> and they're just standing there tall. All the referees, all the wrestlers are dead in the ring. Uh, female wrestling, referee Aubrey Edwards was out there. They Go saved her life. Go Girl ahead, Hefner. They saved three to one battle, baby. They send her away. They saved her life. And they stood there tall. And then at the end of the show, they go, all right, everybody. That's, That's it. it. <laughs> and most wrestling shows end with a feel-good moment. Yes. Or a moment where you're like, I'm pissed off. This was like indifference. What the fuck happened? Uncomfortability. Yeah, it I, just was amazing. I thought it was weird. And we, we discussed... Up, we discussed. You had your turn. We discussed that differentiating... Uh, uh, differentiating? Differentiating? Differentiating opinions. Differentiating opinions. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm a little bit drunk. So... <laughs> We discussed about how I thought that was a flat finish, and I thought that was the worst clusterfuck they've done, and it hurts me to say that because I love Joey. I love Joey hard, and I thought it was just flat. I thought it was flat. That's just me. That's just me. But I lost my shit for Nick Gage and Necro Butcher, man. All right, James. Best, best match you saw this weekend? Yikes. Uh, can I give multiple answers? Sure. Okay. <laughs> so... Okay, so the best match that didn't go from length, I would say, would be the, uh, the, the the light heavyweight match for the IWGP lightweight heavyweight championship between Bandito, Dragon Lee, and, uh, and uh, Ishimori. So um, I think that's the best match that went for like sub, 15, sub 12 minutes or whatever else. Um, the best match from bell to bell, I think, that went um, for for length, I would say, would be Walter versus would be Walter versus Dunn. Uh, I love the brutality. It was unlike anything else I saw this entire weekend. Um, and I think it made a new star, and I think it, it paid proper respect to, in uh, proper due to the, the the honestly like one of the best championship runs that WWE's ever had with with, with, uh, with uh, Pete Dunne. So um, I would say that. Now, from an emotional standpoint, uh, it's obviously for me it's the main event of of, of Takeovers. It was one of the reasons why I came I came out here. Um, uh, so it's Gargano versus Cole, and especially that 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 third fall, um, just just incredible. Um, He's just, he's just like Gargano, like doesn't matter who he's, who he's wrestling with because he's always in there with someone super talented. But um, you put him in a, in a match with stakes, and I don't think there's anybody else um, on, this, on, this, on this 
in this country that uh, that produces uh, and gets that kind of emotion out of people. So, um, yeah. Uh, so for that emotional, it's, it's me. So the, the, that's the three. That's the best I can answer it. Um, and I try to do my best to try to give you, you know, what my thoughts are. So that's it. All right, Rich. Um, I. I'm stuck between a couple different ones. Walter and Pete Dunn would probably be the, the top one for me. Um, then you got J.Y. Nokata. I really liked it a lot. Um, the whole garden was standing on their feet, living and dying with Okada. It was insane. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with J.Y. Nokata. Nice. All right, for me, my the best match that I saw this weekend was Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. Um, I was really in love with their match from the uh, New Japan Cup this year, and I thought this one topped it. Um, those guys were literally just out there killing each other. I mean, like we mentioned, we saw so many matches, so many shows, but that is the one match that really, really kind of stood out for me. All right, guys, so we did it, man. Suplex we Mania. We fucking did it. We did. Can I make one last comment? Yeah. Okay, so this is uh, my third year going to WrestleMania week for all of, all of the all of the stuff around it, and this week is by far and away the most quality matches I've ever seen um, in, in one uh, one trip. The most like matches that are above the five, four stars, a four and a half star caliber. The more quality matches were like there were no duds on there, or things you just snooze through. Um, I don't know if that's in you know people you know there's a lot of talk about um, you know. The, the talent the talent uh, the talent race the arms race for talent for everything else is stockpiling and you know I, obviously things might change next year but um, with, new, with with the specter of New York and um, and all the shows all the promoters and the money that was available for all these people to do stuff like I believe that this might be the this might be the, the pinnacle who knows maybe there's something beyond this but this was a great week for for wrestling fans of any promotion around the world or anybody looking for something new so uh I think, you know i just wanted to say that like everybody like check out what stuff you missed or whatever else because i'm sure it's, you're going to be satisfied with it what are we putting over what are we putting over that people may have missed what are the go-tos oh well i don't to be honest my thought that i was going to say is that as great as this weekend was and as much like good wrestling that i saw to me, what stands out really isn't necessarily the wrestling and isn't necessarily any of the matches, but just the experience of being at WrestleMania, just the experience of being with my friends, yes. seeing people that are from all over the world. Uh, if you came out and you're here for the party, because there's a ton of people actually out here that, that are here for the party, um, you know, thank you. If you are a listener of our show or this network, like yes, the fact that there's been so many people that you've come up to us and you've expressed gratitude for what we do, and we, it's like it's weird. It's blown we, away. We forget that people listen to this and care about what we do, and then they like put names and faces. It's, it like really means a lot. So it's just been awesome to interact with anybody that's involved with this, or even just the wrestling business in general. This wacky, weird crap that we all follow and like this dorky fake fighting it's it's awesome and incredible and uh yeah i'm just thankful uh for wrestlemania weekend and being able to see you guys tom who yes, couldn't be big here big tom g floyd he's at uh wrestlemania right now and every all the guys from social suplex so yeah man this, this has been a great uh, trip this has been amazing and it's an awesome experience and i'm so happy to finally meet jeremy and meet and while i've met you already it's great to see you again it's been so long Great to see you again. I just wanted to say one last thing, uh, kind of in a way to maybe almost explain the name of our show, me and Chris. We call it Grown Men Watch This Shit because we actually, it was some UFC guy who actually mentioned that 
in a disparaging way. He said, grown men actually watch this shit? And yeah, we fucking do. This shit is the best. It's the most entertaining thing in the world. Uh, we are fucking grown men and women who travel from states, from other countries to come and mark out with fellow like-minded insane people, enjoy the dumbness, and just get into wrestling because it's the best thing ever. It's wrestling. It's comic books, it's action, it's drama, it's all of it rolled into one. Professional wrestling is the best thing in the world, and I can't say enough about it. Yeah, you know, that dumbness, man, I wanted to make sure I, I especially put over, because last year, right? Last year, I met y'all. I met y'all for the first time uh, at the WWN Super Show, right? So we had Bloodsport, then we had the Super Show, yep. and then we had Spring Break. I was sleeping outside between shows, and uh, I, I met Josh, I met y'all, and we had a great little chat, you know? Yes, and we, we, and we enjoyed, we bonded over this, this special vibe that is Mania Weekend, right? Yes. And, and then from there, now we're doing this like podcast and shit, you know? <laughs> we're, we're part of this like special family. And I, I want to say thank you to all of y'all. Like, I, I appreciate yes. that so much. Well, um, we, we have to give a big thank you to this man right here, Ooh, Chris man. Owen. You're welcome, guys. You're welcome. Dude, this guy invited us in to have this watch party here at Hooters, man. And I just appreciate the opportunity. You know, we're just guys who love wrestling and we love, we are passionate about this and we're just grinding out here trying to make a name for ourselves and just appreciate the opportunity you gave us to come out here, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I love wrestling myself, so when, when I knew it was coming to town, I, I, I reached out and we needed. I just wanted people in. Like it brings it brings business. It brings people together. Like you were saying, like a bunch of like-minded people who just like the same shit. And that's what this is. Like I went to Spring Break last night as well. Some of the craziest things that I've seen. I, I, I didn't go to any of the big-time promotions, but I went to that, and it, it was great. Like I loved. It. Yeah, so guys, if you're ever in the New York area, you need to come hit up the original Hooters right across the street from Madison Square Garden. See our boy Chris and just enjoy the great experience at Hooters, the great service they give you. So Chris, thanks you guys. Thank you again oh, for having us here, man. It. Good beer Thank and good wings. Yes, yeah, so um, we're going to close this up now with some closing plugs. Uh, Chris, you have the mic. Go ahead and plug your show. Yo, grown men, watch this shit. James Van Der Beek, Chris Things. Uh, we love this shit. We, I think we've, we've got that point across so far, right? I also want to make sure I acknowledge the special guests that have come along, our, our uh, special guests of grown men, watch this shit. Uh, I want to give props to John Kraft, roving Mexican reporter. He's yes. in this house right now. I also want to give props to Courtney, who I mention every single yes, you do. show. <laughs> every single show. She here right now. Come on, come on, come on. Courtney, quick, quick, quick. Courtney, We're closing this down. Courtney. We're closing this down. Say what's up. This is really awkward. This is really awkward, <laughs> but what are you going to say? Say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I was thanking you for being like mentioned every single episode of Grown Men Watch This Shit. I'm the Easter egg nest egg bullshit. Like sometimes I listen, I'm like, where the fuck is my mention, bitches? And then it comes eventually, usually <laughs> in the last fucking 30 seconds when then you talk for another three minutes. So <laughs> We occasionally ramble. We do, we do. Anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you for your all y'all. I just want to say that I'm a big, big, big fan of the new bit you guys are doing. Old news. news. Yeah. uh, Yeah, man. For multiple reasons, either A, I'm super busy or emotional shit going on. We may not record as consistently as people would expect, but if that happens, we're going to cover the shit that we haven't talked about in old news. And follow me at James Vanderbeek, J-A-I-M-S Vanderbeek. 
Well, and my name is Rich, Rich Ladder, at Rich Ladder 32, uh, at One Nation Radio. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, as Josh said, thank you guys for all your support. It's really humbling uh, to meet you guys and, and, and really just vibe with you guys over the, uh, the, the experience of professional wrestling. And, guys, you can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan every Tuesday. Uh, young Boy and I, we host Keeping It Strong Style right here on the network covering New Japan Ball Show at KI Strong Style. And also, make sure you follow the, the whole the whole thing, man, at Social Suplex. Also, Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. James, you want to wrap this shit up? Oh, yeah. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at JamesBoyd87. Um, also, check the podcast network, uh, Social Suplex Podcast Network, to check out like Rich said, One Nation Radio with me and him on the show, and also uh, me and a guest host on on Thursdays for uh, NXT Then Now Forever, where we review um, NXTs from that week five years ago, and also that week's uh, current episode. So check it out. Suplex Mania, we did it. We did it. Hell yeah! Counting on these wings. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.